You're listening to Alive and Powerful with Pastor Scott Morrison. Alive and Powerful is the radio ministry of Foothills Calvary, a fresh and growing fellowship in Lakewood, Colorado. We invite you to come and join us as we study the Word together, Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. We meet at 12344 West Alameda Parkway in Lakewood, just a few blocks west of Union and Alameda. For more information about Foothills Calvary, please visit our website at foothillscalvary.org. That's foothillscalvary.org. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Now, here's Pastor Scott. So my name is Byron. I am an assistant pastor at Calvary Church in Aurora, and it's really good to be with you guys today. Um, Pastor Scott called us up a few weeks ago to see if uh, we could fill in, and um, I was available, so really excited to be with you guys. I'm excited to get into the Word, um, and just really it's an encouragement for me to be with you guys, to, to come to another church, to see what the Lord's doing in a different community. Um, and a little bit about myself is um, my wife and I were missionaries for many years in Ukraine. Um, we spent some time in Uganda as well. Um, and so it's just on our heart is always just to see how the, the word of God um, just penetrates through different communities, different cultures. Um, and he just, man, he just does such a cool, amazing work to, to minister to the nations. And so um, I'm just excited to be here today. I'm excited to fellowship with you guys, see what the Lord's doing. Um, it's really cool to be here in Lakewood. My wife and I actually um, got married um, thir- almost 13 years ago, and our first year of marriage, we were right here in Lakewood, right in these apartment complexes, right back behind this building. And so um, it's like, man, coming back to where, where the Lord started to do a great work in our lives. Um, but today we are going to be in Genesis chapter 31 and 32, and just encourage you guys to open up the Word together, um, because, man, we need the Word of God to refresh our souls today. So let's uh, join me in just a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you. We thank you just so much for today. We ask that you would, um, you would just pour your Spirit out on us, that you would, that you would just minister to our hearts. Lord, and I know that there's different people here in this room that are coming in with different concerns, different burdens, Lord, different struggles, and we come before you this morning reminded of 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says we can cast our cares upon you because you care for us. And so we just cast these cares upon you, trusting and knowing that you care for us, Lord. And may you just refresh us. Um, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Um, And just thank you for the opportunity of being here with Foothills, Lord. It's just encouraging for me to be able to fellowship with with the believers here. Um, Lord, and so we just ask for you to to have your way among us. We pray this in your name. Amen. So Genesis chapter 31, um, this has been a a passage, you know, when Pastor, talking to Pastor Scott a couple weeks ago, just started to pray through what he would want me to share with you guys today, and the Lord kept bringing me back to Genesis 31 and 32 um, of this this one account of Jacob going through, um, going through really a monumental occasion in his life. Um, And as I I was starting to prepare this message on Monday, and Tuesday, the Lord was really working in, in my heart this idea of just depending upon the Lord. Um, and every time I teach and, and bring a message, um, Lord, the Lord always has to do that work in my heart first. And, and he's always ministering. And so like this week was a really um, 
good week and a challenging week for me personally as he's working this message through me, really truly asking me, do I depend on him? And am I fully just surrendering and trusting upon him? Um, and so praying through this and the Lord, the Lord starting to stir these things up in my heart and working in my heart to just grow my trust and dependence upon him. Um, and Thursday afternoon comes this week and uh, my wife and I were, were actually just licensed for foster care and Thursday afternoon comes, we're about three days into like, we just received our certificate of foster care, like okay Lord, what, what's gonna happen next? Um, and Thursday about 11.30 a.m. we get a call um, that there is a sibling group that needs placement and um, two hours, within two hours these two children, a, a nine month year old baby and a 10 year old um, little boy were standing at our doorstep and coming into our home and and it was like man the lord like thursday changed everything in our life immediately and that's why my wife's not here today because we're like and that's why maybe i look really tired today too because it's like okay um but but it's so cool that like the lord had us um had me just meditating on this idea of depending upon him because truly i need to depend upon him for his strength and his wisdom as as we enter into this season of um, just ministering to these kiddos. Um, my wife and I, as we were missionaries in Ukraine, we did a lot of orphan ministry. We did somewhat of a, it was kind of like a foster care system there with um, teenagers coming in through our home. Um, but this is the first time we've ever had um, a baby and it's, it's crazy, guys. It's, it's really crazy. Um, but the Lord just keeps reminding me, depend upon him, depend upon him. And so I think today's message is very timely for me and I believe it's, um, I pray it's timely for you. So Genesis 31, again, this is a monumental moment in the life of Jacob as, as God is continuing to work on his character. Um, and, and we know that Jacob and his brother Esau, they were sons of Isaac. Their grandfather was Abraham, who was the father of the nation of Israel. And now Jacob and Esau, these two brothers, we could say that they didn't have a good relationship as brothers. Earlier in their lives, Jacob had deceived, he had lied, he had stole from Esau. Um, Esau had actually even made an oath to kill Jacob, and um, once his father Isaac had passed away, Isaac, uh, Esau was going to go for that revenge. And so, therefore, from that, that situation, Jacob ran away from home. He, he worked for his uncle in a faraway land for many, many years, um, and yet the Lord continued to be with Jacob and continued to work in his heart and his character and, bless, and really blessed him with wealth and success and a large family. However, you know, as, as you guys are familiar with this story, a lot of conflict between Jacob and his uncle. Um, you know, Uncle Laban uh, was just working him, treating him unfairly. A lot of like the, the deceits and the lies and the trickery that Jacob had done, now his uncle was manipulating him in that. Um, and, it was, and it was time for Jacob to depart from his uncle and continue to press in what the Lord would have for him. Um, and so you guys, as you guys you know, remind yourself of this story of Jacob and Esau and everything that God has been doing in Jacob's life. Um, just, just consider the, the work that God was doing on the character of Jacob. And it's so much like our lives, that God is always doing a patient work in our lives to, to develop that character, to develop that, um, that, that work that he wants to do. Um, and so here in, in chapter 31, it was time for Jacob to stop trying to deceive people. It was time for him to not trust in his own cleverness, not trusting in his own plans, um, but trusting in the Lord as God was faithfully, patiently, consistently giving Jacob opportunities to, to submit and to be changed by the Lord. 
And so Genesis chapter 31, verse three, just for the context here, it, this is what the Lord said to Jacob. It says, return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. And so we start this, this account really just with this command from the Lord, go back to your family. It's time, it's time to return. It's time to make things right. Um, and then, but yet with this, there's a promise from the Lord as well. As he obeys the command to go back to his family, the promise is, I will be with you. And I love it when there's a command from the Lord coupled with a promise, because, because man, it's like, okay, Lord, I don't, know, I don't know what it looks like to obey you. Um, like, I don't know, you know I, don't, I don't know what it looks like in Jacob's situation. I don't know what it looks like to go back to the land. Maybe in your life, there's, there's something the Lord's calling you to do. And it's like, I don't know what this looks like. For me, like right now, it's okay, foster care. I don't know what this looks like, but there, that's, the, that's the calling that the Lord's placed on my life. Um, but yet the Lord always gives us a promise to go with the command. And here it is. He says, like, I will be with you. And it's so good that, that we can hold on to those, those promises that the Lord's gonna be with us as we step out in obedience. And it's far better to step out into the unknown, um, obeying the Lord, holding on to those promises than, to, than reserving ourselves in that doubt and not stepping out. And so here, here it is, verse, verse three, return to the land of your fathers, return to your family, and I will be with you. So with this command though, there's, there's the problem. There's the problem of his brother Esau. There's the problem of, what happens when he obeys the Lord? What's, what's Esau going to do? Esau's probably going to be more angry. You know, you can start to think about what Jacob's going through in his mind. Um, but it's like, man, the Jacob must obey the Lord. It was time to go. So if you guys want to turn over to 32, we're going to spend most of our time here in chapter 32. And this is the, this starts the account where Jacob is preparing to meet Esau. And Genesis chapter 32, verse 9, starting in verse 9, Jacob starts to pray with the Lord as he's preparing to meet, to meet his brother, unsure of the, the outcome, unsure of what, what's happening. Verse 9, it says, Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. Verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. And in verse 12, Jacob prays, For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants on the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered or multiplied. And so Jacob here Man, he's, he's facing great uncertainties in his life. What's gonna happen as he encounters his brother? Is his brother truly gonna kill him? We see that Jacob is fearful. We see that Jacob is, is scared. And he's like, okay, Lord, what's gonna happen? But I love this prayer here of Jacob. And I want you guys to note a few things in this prayer and make it, make it a pattern of your own life. Because we see the wisdom of Jacob here. He's, he's starting to, we see the work of God on his character here because this fear and this doubt that Jacob has, it, it leads him to the Lord. And, and Jacob's hardships in that moment were actually good for him because it led him to prayer. It led him to press into the Lord. His uncertainties were good because it led him to an honest examination of his own heart. 
His fear was, in a sense, it was good because it brought him back to the promises of God's word. If you would notice in verse nine again, Jacob's recalling the word of God, and he's making this a prayer. He says, oh God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, and I love this, as we pray, as we, as we bring our concerns to the Lord, remember those promises that God has shared with you. Remember those, those, those not just the command, but the promise. Lord, you said, in verse 12, he says it again, for you said, I will surely treat you well. And so he's like banking his whole life upon the, the sure word of God. He's praying out and calling to the Lord based on what God said. So we see this man, a lot of fears, a lot of emotions, but reminding himself of what God said. And I, and I love this example. And I want you guys to hold on to this example because God's word is a firm foundation for us, especially times of uncertainties, especially times of fear, especially times of, okay, Lord, what's gonna happen next? And Jacob was facing, man, just facing, as we see, we don't know, he doesn't know what's gonna happen. What's the end? Is he gonna lose his family? Is he gonna lose his own life? Would, or would, would, Esau, would Esau forgive? What to do when, we, when we're in these certainties is really just to get back to the word of God, get back to those promises and, and, and hold on to them. Lord, you said, this is what you said. Even going back to Genesis 31, Lord, you told me to go, so I'm going and I'm holding on to that and I'm just gonna walk in obedience. And so, just encouraging you guys today, don't, don't rely on the, the certainty, certainties of your life, don't rely on the circumstances of your, of your life for your source of peace. Because if, if you need stability and certainty in your life to be at peace, I would challenge you today to really examine where are you putting your trust in? Where is your trust? You truly trusting in the Lord? Right here in this moment of Jacob's life, this prayer, man, we see the trust. He's just holding on. Man, okay, Lord, you've, you've poured out this mercy on me. You've led me this far, and I, and I trust that you're gonna deliver me and that you're gonna treat me well and that you're gonna make my descendants like the sand of the, of the sea. And, and, and just examining in our own hearts, so often we get away from this because it's just like, man, guys, we, we, put our, we put ourselves in, in depending upon anything, anything else than, than the, the word of God. And so if our trust is in our own ability to figure things out, if our trust is in our own, whatever it is, like for Jacob, it was like his own ways to scheme and to be clever and to like manipulate, the, that was his trust. That was how he was always working out for years and years. That's how he was solving the problems of his life. And, and, and if we're trusting in our own selves to, to make life certain or to make life stable or to bring peace into our lives, we're gonna, we're gonna be, we're gonna be, man, it's not gonna last. Because the Bible would say in Zechariah 4, 6 that it's not by might or strength, but it's by the Spirit of God. And so how desperately we need the Spirit of God, how desperately we need that wisdom and that, that leading of the Holy Spirit Jacob didn't know what was gonna happen the next day when he faced his brother, but what he did know was God's word. And isn't that what we have? That's what we have today. We don't know, we don't know what's gonna happen in the future. Bible says that we, we, we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. Jesus says don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own. 
but what we do know is God's word. Lord, you said to me, for the Lord has said, and we just hold on to those. Even in the realities of fear, even in the realities of difficulties or stress or anxiety or whatever it may be that, the, that has come into your life. Verse 11, just, just a reminder, Jacob's like, for I fear Esau, lest he come back and attack me and the mother of my children. So it's like, man, a, a fear, which is a real valid thing that's going on in his life, but it's coupled with, Lord, I know you told me to return. I'm gonna keep obeying you. I'm holding on to what you told me in chapter 31. Lord, I need you. And so when we, guys, when we come to the promises of God's word, and start to, to start to live those out and start to obey his word and as we're holding on to those promises, oh, how that helps us. That, that helps us so much. But here, as we see, you know, Jacob was a man just like us where we, man, there, we, there's ups and downs in our, in, our, in our walk with the Lord. And we have, we have those moments where we're just like, man, trusting in the Lord, holding on to his promises. But then we start to, there's, there's another season where it's like, man, there's doubts or, or stress or whatever that comes in. And we see that here with Jacob. The situation is really, it's not done yet. And unfortunately, after this prayer here um, in the early part of this chapter, Jacob starts to take things into his own hands. Jacob starts to try to stabilize his own situation through his own, his own manipulation, through his own works. And, and if you would continue to read some of these, these verses following, chap, or following verse 12, it's just like he's sending gifts to Esau. He's, sending, he's like trying to please Esau. He's trying to, you know, seeking things to, to make things right in his own strength. And, and we see here that Jacob is still not yet fully surrendered to God. We, he had a moment and a glimpse there with that prayer. Okay, Lord, I'm holding on. This is what you said. And then it's like he's done praying, and he's like, okay, now I gotta go figure it out. I gotta take, take things into my own hand again. And that, that leads us to this, this, this place where Jacob is just not fully trusting in the Lord, or he's like going back and forth between it. Um, and not to like judge Jacob because I'm totally in the same place. There's moments in my life where it's like, yes, I'm holding on to the Lord. And then the next day it's like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. I gotta try to work this thing out. I gotta do it in my own strength. But the Lord would just say, come back to me, just trusting in his strength. And it's so good here because the Lord's patience and his persistence to continue to work in, in Jacob's life, continue to develop that character um, and that dependency in Jacob's life. Because we know that, that God chose Jacob to be one of the patriarchs of the nation of Israel, right? He had been, he had been chosen by God to be the father of 12, 12 tribes. He, he had been chosen that one day the Messiah Jesus would come through his line. But at this point in his life, even though he knew those, some of those promises, he, he still wasn't really ready to be used in the hands of God. He was still not fully surrendered. God's will is coming to pass, but Jacob's life was not fully surrendered. And God is looking for us in our lives to have this willingness and this surrendered attitude for like, Lord, this is my, this is my life. I, I want you to use it. One of my favorite verses is Galatians chapter two, where it says that um, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer my life that I live, but it's, it's his life in me. And now the life that I live is is the, um, I live by faith in the, in the Son of God. 
And it's like, man, the Lord's continuing to teach that into my own life, that my life is not my own, my time is not my own, my resources is not my own, and so I just need to be fully surrendered, willing vessel to be used by the Lord. And, and you can see how the Lord wants to work in our lives through that. We see this in this example of Jacob's life. He's gonna bring him to a place of surrender and dependence upon God so that he can further the work that God wants to do, not only in Jacob, but for the nation of Israel. And so, so often do we hinder the fullness of the work of what God wants to do in our lives just by our unwillingness to, to depend upon him, just by our unwillingness to surrender to him. And so you can see, oh man, what it, what it, critical moments in Jacob's life here. He, is he gonna continue to trust in the Lord? Or is he gonna, is he gonna run away? Is he, what's he gonna do? And, and, and what are you gonna do? Is this, has the Lord brought you to a place that is critical in your moment, to, in your walk of your, with, your, with the Lord today? Has he brought you to a place where you're gonna fully surrender and trust him? Or are you gonna continue to resist the work that God wants to do in your life? Is God allowing chaos into your life or uncertainties into your life or um, fears or whatever's going on, you know, all the different burdens that we bring to this place today? Is God allowing those things into your life so that he could produce a full surrender and dependence upon him? I would say, yeah, he, he does allow those things to, 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 to test us and to try us, to bring us closer into him. And so this is, the story gets interesting here as you guys would jump down to verse 22 of Genesis 32. And it says, so the prayer happens, he sends all these things to Esau, he's trying to prepare to that meeting and then it comes to evening and it says in verse 22, and he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and he crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook and sent them over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And so, man, this is, this is where the Lord starts to really get a hold of Jacob's life. And I really think this is like a moment in his life where he's never going to be the same after this. We see, it starts off that he spent the night alone. Jacob took care of the family situation, he got things in order, and then he, he goes to spend some time alone. And I think this is important. It's key, especially in the moments of problems and difficulties that we take that time to, to just be with the Lord and sit alone with the Lord. Because I don't know about you guys, but like if there's, a, there's something going on in my life that's difficult or I need to, you know, there's an issue or a problem happening in my life, like my mind is racing with a hundred tasks that I need to do and a hundred things that I need to make happen so I can sort out this situation and I can busy myself um, so much so that I lose track of what's the Lord trying to teach me in this situation? And so we need to learn to, to be still before the Lord. Be still and just know that he's the Lord. Bring these problems to the Lord. Cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And, and it's, we, we can get so caught up in, in the worries of life that we forget to even just depend upon the Lord. But here, Jacob starts this evening off with just getting away. Maybe it wasn't even his intention to just spend time with the Lord, but the Lord brought him to a place where he was alone and now God could get his attention. And, and, and how we need that, how often we can just not have 
God's attention or our attention upon God. So when was the last time we got alone? When was the last time you got alone? Just to give yourself that moment for God to speak to you, to lay your burdens before him. Um, I love an example of King Hezekiah. He um, got all, he, you know, the nation of Israel is going through wars and, and, and attacks and all this, you know, horrible stuff coming against, against Jerusalem. And, and, and these messengers were bringing all this bad news to King Hezekiah. And, and the Bible says that he took the letters and the threats and all the bad, basically the bad news, he took those in writ, written form and he went into the temple and he spread them before the Lord. And it's like, man, how, how, how cool is that? I think like, that it started to become a practice in my own life where there's concerns, I write it down, and then I, I literally spread it before the Lord. And I'm like, Lord, these are all the things that are on my heart. These are the things that are overwhelming me. I'm just gonna spread this before you and allow you to, to take them, to minister to them. And so, as we see this here in, in Genesis 32, as God is alone, God meets him. And, and it says that in verse 24 that a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. God's like literally engaging with the life of, of the, even the physical life of Jacob just to get a, get a hold of his attention. And in verse 25 it says, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint and he wrestled with him. And we're gonna see in a moment that this was God himself wrestling with Jacob um, some would believe that this is, um, you know, a, a manifestation of Jesus Christ himself wrestling with Jacob. Hi, this is Pastor Scott from Foothills Calvary. I hope the Lord is speaking to you through today's message. I wanted to just take a second and invite you to join us for worship services at Foothills Calvary. We meet Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. at 12344 West Alameda Parkway in Lakewood, just a few blocks west of Union and Alameda. If you'd like more information on Foothills Calvary, please visit our website at foothillscalvary.org. Now let's get back to our study. I pray that the Lord will continue to speak to you by His Holy Spirit. And, and if you notice closely here, that it was not Jacob who was wrestling with the man, but it was actually the, the man who wrestled with him. It's actually God who came and initiated this, this conflict in a way. Because God wanted to produce something in, in the heart of Jacob. God wanted all of Jacob's proud, self-reliance, fleshly, you know, fleshly schemes, all this stuff. God wanted to, to start to remove that from his heart. God wanted to transform his character. Just as the Bible would tell us that God desires to transform our mind and conform it into the image of Jesus Christ. This is a, like, this is a, again, you can see the critical moment of Jacob's life coming right in. And God's wrestling with him. And, and it's like in verse 25, now he saw that he did not prevail. He touched the socket of the hip. And God is, and God is engaging with really with the flesh of Jacob. And, and, and it says they struggled until early morning. And of course we realize that the Lord could have prevailed against Jacob right away. Uh, but the Lord is patiently, again, patiently producing in Jacob what was needed. Perhaps Jacob thought he was doing well in this wrestle with God, feeling like, okay, I'm winning the struggle. I'm, I'm making it till daybreak. But then God just changed everything in a moment by, bam, 
touching the hip, taking it out of place. And there's Jacob in a moment, in an instant, physical pain, defeat, unable to go forward in, in, in wrestling against what the will of God wants for his life. And so in verse 26, it says, Jacob says, let me go for the day breaks. But he says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And so Jacob, you can imagine the situation here. His hip is out of socket, extreme pain, unable to continue to fight. And, and, and he cries out for a blessing. And this, is a, this verse 26 is a total attitude shift of Jacob and his, his normal character. It's a, you know, verse 24 and 25, Jacob thinks he can win. He, he thinks he's making progress. But then it's like, man, he can't go on. And he cries out to the Lord, I will not let go unless you bless me. And this cry in verse 26, it's not a cry of, Lord, bless me because I'm so strong and so able, but it's a cry of surrender and it's a cry of humility. I want you guys to turn to Hosea chapter 12 with me really quick. Um, in the Old Testament prophets, Hosea chapter 12 gives us a little more insight on, on what Jacob's heart is here. Hosea chapter 12, starting in verse 3, it's, it talks about um, Jacob right here, and it says, that he took his brother by the heel in the, of, in the womb, and, his str- with, and with his strength, he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel, and he prevailed. He wept, and he sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to us. That is, the Lord God of hosts. The Lord is a, is a memorable name. So you, by the help of your God, return Observe mercy and justice and wait on your God continually. And man, so we see here like this cry, this dependence upon the Lord. It's like in his strength, in verse 3, in his strength he struggled with God, but it was not by might. In verse 4, he struggled and prevailed. And I would say like, how did Jacob prevail against God wrestling here? He prevailed because he came to a, a cry of dependence, a cry of humility, a cry of surrender. He prevailed by being dependent upon the Lord. He prevailed because he came to a place of dependency upon God himself. And and that's where our strength comes from, guys. That's how we need to continue in this walk of life. If you remember the whole situation, like here, it's just hours away. He's facing the fears. He's facing his Esau. Just in case things went bad, I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's like, I can just run out of here. But all of a sudden, his hip is out of socket. He's in pain. He's limping. He couldn't run. He couldn't really do anything, honestly. And God had brought him to this place of total surrender and dependency. And he's just crying out, weeping and seeking favor from God. No more things that he could try to, to manipulate. It was literally Jacob was in the hands of God. And that's right where God wanted him. It's so good. That's exactly where God wanted him. And I hope the Lord is bringing you guys to a place or have brought you to a place of realization and surrender of your life that it's realizing that it's literally, your life is literally in the hands of God. And it can be like, where else can I go except to you, Lord, because you have the words of eternal life. So just that encouragement, guys. Have you allowed God to conquer your flesh? Have you allowed God to conquer your human wisdom and your own plans and your own whatever is going on, like, have you just allowed God to work in your lives? Have you humbly cried out before the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm yours, and, I'm, I, and you are in control of my life. 
and I depend fully upon you. And check out what happens next back in, in Genesis 32. He comes to this place. He's crying out to the Lord. He's seeking favor from the Lord. He's, he's literally just clinging on to the Lord. And in verse 27 of Genesis 32, it says, So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. In verse 29, Then Jacob asked and said, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And so God asked Jacob, right, what's your name? And he's like, Jacob, remember? Jacob, it's just like, I'm a, you know, I'm a heel catcher, you know. In that, in that time, it was like the name had so much significance about your character. And this, this name, Jacob, just really was an association with human wisdom and working things out in his own flesh. And, and, and Jacob described the name of Jacob like really just described his personality and his character associated with that cheating, with that deception. And God says, your name shall no longer be Jacob. Your name shall no, shall no longer be deceiver or cheater or heel catcher, but your name will be Israel. And that name Israel, it literally means God rules or governed by God. And so we see what God is doing here and it's much like what God wants to do in our lives. He's changing the complete nature of Jacob. Jacob. As Jacob surrenders his life to God, God transforms him. He's gone from being governing, governing himself, making his own decisions, to, to being Israel, governed by God. And how good, that, how, how good that is. Like I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where it says, we are a new creation in Christ. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And it's like, man, the Lord, the Lord wants to do that new work in us, and he wants to change our nature. He doesn't just want to improve us. He's not, he's not, God is not in the business of just um, making improvements on who we are, but God is in the nature of completely changing who we are, complete transformation. We're going to see here, like, Jacob, you know, as you, as you would continue to read about Jacob's story, like, he's still a man. He still wrestles with his flesh. But this was a moment in his life where, you know, in New Testament terms, it's like born again, a new man, a new creation in Christ. And, 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 and it's, it's a man who's ruled by God, who's dependent upon God. And, and, and friends, this is what God wants to do in our lives. Transformation through Jesus Christ from a fleshly sinful man into a spiritual man from a life that's controlled by the flesh to a life that's governed by God. And that's God's intention for you and for me. But we're so stubborn like Jacob, so stubborn. Maybe you guys aren't, I'm stubborn. It's like just, my wife's not here to testify of that, but she would say, yeah, I'm, I'm stubborn. But it's like, man, the Lord wants to break that and he's so patient to do that. And sometimes he has to come in and he has to engage with us, he has to cripple us so that there's nothing else to do but like just cling on to the Lord. Lord, help me. Bless me. And so I'm so thankful for, you know, looking back on my own life, I'm so thankful for the different moments in my life where God has brought pain into my life, where he's brought weakness into my life, where he's brought difficulties, struggles, being in situations where it's like, I don't know what to do. Because it's, 
because it's in my weaknesses that he can be made strong. And, and, and you know, for me personally, like my wife and I moved to Ukraine in 2012. And as we moved out there, I knew like three words of the language um, and got there. And you know, you know, it's like, as a, if you go out as a missionary, you have some, some sort of like, in, inside of you, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be used by the Lord. I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to see like what Peter saw in Acts, where there's like people just coming to the Lord. And we get there, we hit the ground, and it's like, man, I don't even know how to buy a cell phone here. Like, I'm like, I'm not, we literally couldn't get out of our apartment complex the first day because this is like the whole magnetic system of the doors. Was, everything was completely different. And it was like, okay, all right, the Lord's bringing me to a place where, like, oh, I'm definitely weak. I definitely don't know what I'm doing. I can't even communicate. And the Lord's like, yes, that's exactly where I need you so that you can trust in me. As Paul would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, so now that I, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. And the Lord continues to bring different things into our lives to do this, so that he gets the glory, so that he is, that he is magnified and exalted among the nations. Here in Lakewood or Aurora or wherever the Lord is working, like he wants, the goal is that he is exalted through you guys as this church here. But it's through our weaknesses. And I love it. I love it. And so the Lord keeps bringing me into those seasons, you know, year after year, different, different things going on, um, different circumstances that I really do feel like Jacob in many ways, where there is like a limp, you know, the socket has been removed. And it's like, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, I need someone to depend upon, you know. First couple years walking with the Lord, you know, you have that zeal and that passion, which I pray that doesn't go away, but it's like there's some, there's some pride there. There's like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to save the lost. And it's like, no, no, no. The Lord's going to save the lost. And I'm going to just depend upon him. Surrender my life to him so that he can use me. And, you know, going through just what the Lord's done in our lives, you know, in, in Ukraine specifically, started to study the language, started to understand things, started to get somewhat comfortable there. Um, and we were planting a church right on the Russian border. And at that time, Actually, it's still happening. There is a, a conflict between Russia and Ukraine. And Russia invaded the city that we were living in. And it, within a day, we had lost our apartment. We had lost our church fellowship. Everyone had scattered. We were literally homeless in Eastern Europe. And it's like, okay, I thought I, I, thought I was getting established here, Lord. I thought I would, you know, and he's like reminding me again and again. No, it's not by your strength. It's not by your experience. It's not by your own plans or your own whatever it is. It's just by my, my strength. And so I just keep coming back to this, you know, as Jacob is depending upon the Lord, weeping, crying out, verse 26, guys, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I want to have that attitude. I want to come to the Lord in prayer like that. You know, so we, can get, we can just get stuck in our routines of coming to the Lord. Um, you know, we do our devos, we do our prayer time, like, and, and things become just routine. And, and there's, there's some good things about that, discipline and routine. But, but when was the last time that I came to the Lord desperate like this? Lord, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me or until you bless me. Just desperation. 
And, I, and, I, and I've, I know that the Lord will show up in those moments because I've seen it happen in my own life. I know that he's going he's gonna to answer those prayers. I know that he's going to be strong on our behalf. The Bible says that his, his eyes are searching to and fro upon the earth looking for those whose hearts are loyal and committed to him so that he can show us himself strong on our behalf. And so like the Lord is looking for those those, those hearts and those people who are just dependent and surrendered and, and, and loyal and committed and crying out to him. And so here with Jacob, a name, a name change, a new nature as he submits to the Lord. But I believe he has this, this hip problem the rest of his life. Maybe it's not a physical thing, but maybe it is. Maybe he's the rest of his life, you know, he, he, he has a limp. And I can just imagine, you know, years down the road, maybe his, his kids asking him, like, Dad, why, why do you limp? And he's like, well, it's because I need the Lord. And it's like this testimony of a, a painful moment in his life, but a testimony of, hey, I need the Lord. I need the, the, the work of, the power of God to come into my life and to make me, to make me weak so that the, that the Lord is strong. And maybe you guys have those testimonies in your life. And, and I would encourage you to embrace those. Embrace your weaknesses. Embrace your, your limps or your scars or the, the, you know, the things that have, that have hurt in your life or the things that have, you've struggled through in your life. And the Lord has helped you this far and has brought you through those fire, fiery trials. But it's not like you've come through perfect and, you know, but it's like, yeah, now there's scars. Now there's, diff- there's, there's, there's evidence that I've gone through it so that we can testify of the goodness of God, that we can testify of the strength of God and be like, yes, the Lord got me through this. How, how did you get through it? The Lord got me through it. So confidently dependent upon, the God, upon God. And Jacob, even as he prevailed that night, it was not, he did not prevail in the ways he used to prevail. He used to prevail by manipulation. Now he's prevailing by surrender and dependence upon God and not himself. A broken, weak heart crying to the Lord. And he begins to work. God begins to work out all the situations that might have us in fear or worry or doubt. And he starts to work those out. And truly in our lives, we can say like Paul, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for me. In verse 30 of chapter 32 of Genesis, it says, Jacob called the name of God, or he called the name of the place um, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. As Jacob realizes here that he saw God face to face, he was grateful that his life was preserved. Because it's like the Bible, the Old Testament would say that no man should be allowed to, to see God, let alone wrestle with God and live. But God was gracious here. And it reminds me of, it just reminds me of our condition as humans. As the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's great glory. The Bible says that there's no one righteous, no, not one. That we're all in a place like Jacob where we should not be allowed to wrestle with God and live, where we should not be even allowed to to in, in, have a relationship with God, but it's the grace and the love of Jesus Christ that intervened as he faithfully and patiently draws, draws us to himself. 
And Jesus, you know, just relating this back to the gospel message, Jesus died on the cross so that your sin could be conquered, so that our flesh could be conquered. And the fact is that we cannot do it on our own. We can't save ourselves. We can't overcome the flesh. We can't walk in the spirit without the blood of Jesus Christ anointing our lives. And we need so often someone, we need God to come in and to defeat ourselves so that we are led to, de to dependence, so that we can truly live. For me to live is Jesus Christ and to die is the gain, as Paul would say. It's, you know, again, Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And now the life I live by flesh, I live, or the life I live in the flesh, I, I live by the faith, of, faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So verse 31, it says, Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. And if you guys are writing in your Bible, it's just like circle that limped on your hip and like ask the Lord to like just help you. Help you have that humility to, to have your limps. Like we're not perfect. We're, we, we have our failures. We've ha we have our battle scars. We have our difficulties. We have our fears. But the, as we limp on it, it's that reminder, I can't do it on my own. I need the Lord continually. And this, and this limp, as he crosses over, the sun is rising, he's limping. And it's just this beautiful picture that he had been conquered by God and now living a life of surrender and dependence upon the Lord. And it's okay. It's okay to walk on this limp acknowledging his weaknesses, being reminded that God is his governor. Jesus, in Jesus Christ, you are no longer self-governed, but you're governed by God. You have a new nature. Don't make, don't make it your own way, but just depend upon him. And I just love it, guys. I love this section of scripture because the Lord is so good to us. Even in my own life this week, so many, man, so many things of like, uh, Lord, how do I care for a baby that was just given to us? I don't know. How much formula do I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to Google that one. No, but it's like, um, but it's like, Lord, just direct me in this way to show me, you know, I just depend upon you. And those desperate prayers of just in the middle of the day, Lord, help me. I need you to help me figure this out just trusting in him because he, he knows far better than we know. And he wants to bring us into this place where he is our portion, he's our strength, he's our strong tower. I'm just encouraging you guys, cry out in submission, surrender, dependency upon the Lord, trusting in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will direct your path. Man, just trust in the Lord. Trust in him. I want to end with you, um, with you guys in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Just another passage that's been on my heart this week. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul here is, is writing to the church. He's talking about some of his, his own trials and his own difficulties. And he writes in, in verse 8, 
just really his testimony to this church. He's like, guys, I've, I've, I've really gone through it. I'm having, I've had a hard, hard time here. And he says, we don't want you to be um, ignorant, brethren. This is verse 8, 2 Corinthians 1. We don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure. Has anyone here been burdened beyond measure? Like burdened beyond measure, just a, a crushing. The Bible in Romans chapter 5 says, talking about tribulations, this word tribulation or, or burden literally means a crushing. There's been moments in our lives, I know that all of us have gone through those moments where it, is, it feels like a burden beyond measure, something that we cannot bear. Paul would say that we're, we were burdened as they were doing missions in Asia. We were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Man, what a, what a difficult moment that they're in. We don't know exactly what was going on other than the circumstances in their life were crushing above their own strength that they were even despairing of life. But in verse 9, he says, Yes, we had the sentence of death on ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. And it's like, man, verse nine, God brings us to this place so that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Thus far, the Lord has brought us this far. Like he's, he's shown himself strong to get us even to this room today just to be here. But everything that he's orchestrating in our life is to bring us really to the end of ourselves so that we should not trust in ourselves, but trust in him, dependency upon him. And I just love this. I, I would just encourage you guys to meditate on these words and, and make this part of your, your cry out to the Lord. Lord, I'm burdened beyond all measure. Lay your, lay your cares before him with that. And then come to this place. Okay, Lord, you've, put, you've allowed these things into my life so that I just trust in you. Trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. And so I've, I'm encouraged to be with you guys today and just encouraging you guys to continue to, to press into the Lord, to continue to draw your strength from him. Um, but as, you know, I don't know, I don't, as I don't know you guys and I don't know where you're at with the Lord, um, God of the Bible, the ruler of the universe, has called you to trust in him, that he's in control, to depend upon him, not upon yourself, but to acknowledge him and to look to Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And maybe some of you guys are, are in, a, in a hard place, and I would love to pray with you guys and encourage you guys after, after service today. But if there's anyone here who, who isn't depending on the Lord, is there, if there's anyone here who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, the first step of really depending upon him is just to call upon the name of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Because the Bible says, whoever confesses the name of Jesus and believes in his heart that the Lord raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this idea of trust, trusting the Lord, believing in the Lord, it's this idea of like, man, I'm giving my complete life over to him. I trust him to save my life. I trust him to forgive my sins. 
And God, God sent Jesus to rescue people, to save people, just like he came into Jacob's life, to, to intervene in Jacob's life, to bring him to this place of dependency. He's, he's intervening into your life to bring you to a place of trust in him so that you can be forgiven and saved and have eternity with God. And, and people like Jacob, people like me, people maybe like you, who think, who think we can figure it all out, the reality is we're going to fail. We have failed. And we need the Lord to intervene and forgive our sins. The Bible would call this like just our sinful nature, that we are, that we are in this, this nature of self-destruction life, really, as we depend upon our own self. But yet Jesus came to save us from that. First Peter says, Blessed be the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The, the resurrection, through the resurrection of Jesus, by the mercy of God, we can receive a living hope. Just even tying it back to Jacob, like we don't, like we know how the story ends as he faces Esau, but at that moment he didn't know. He, he, it was still a high possibility that he was going to be killed by his brother the next morning. But I believe he walked away with that limp, with a hope. And it's that living hope that we can know. The hope that's in Jesus Christ, according to his mercy and his grace. And so just encourage you guys that God wants to have that relationship with you. And if there's anyone here who doesn't know the Lord, who wants to surrender their life to the Lord, I would love to talk with you afterwards. I would love to pray with you. I know that the, the other people here, the minister, the team, um, everyone who's, who's just serving today would love to walk through what it looks like to truly just give your life to the Lord. But it just simply comes down to trust in the Lord and call upon Jesus Christ and believe that he lived, died, and rose again from the dead so that you could be saved. So he's calling you to himself today, whether it's your first time entering into a relationship with him or a further dependence upon him. He's calling you to himself. He's saying, come, come trust me. Come, come let me carry your burdens. Jesus even says in Matthew, come to me all of you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest, rest for your very souls. No more striving, no more struggling, no more anxiety of, of you know, how are you gonna figure everything out? But just, I'm gonna trust the Lord and he's gonna lead me moment by moment, step by step. We don't have to have it all figured out. That's the beautiful thing of abiding in Jesus Christ, the relationship with Jesus Christ. We just, we just push, we, we just, he, he carries us as we just hold on to him, pressing into him. Like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna take it this moment. I don't know what next moment's gonna bring, but this moment I'm trusting in you. And give me strength for the next moment to trust in you and the next. And soon that becomes a pattern in a lifetime. And so just encourage you guys with that. Turn to the Lord, trust in the Lord. There's nothing, there's nothing that he can't carry for you. And so would you guys just pray with me as we end? Lord, we do just thank you. Thank you for your, your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Even just that picture of, that picture of Jacob enjoying a moment of, of, of peace, really. He's like, Lord, bless me. I 
can't do it on my own. I'm sure that that, that peace that passes all understanding just overflowed his life. And we thank you for that, that you, you offer us a peace that passes all understanding, that the, the promise of the, that Jesus Christ will flood us with his peace and that peace will guard our hearts and our mind, that we'll experience the peace and the hope. And just pray for this, this church here, Lord, just each person who's here, Lord, that they would just continue to trust in you or that they would turn their lives to you. Lord, that we would, we would as the church, even, even me just being here as, as a guest, Lord, that we are the church, that we would continue to, to trust you because as people would see that example of trusting you, you would be exalted and glorified among the nations, among our city. And so, Lord, we, we turn to you today. We ask you to pour your grace and your mercy out upon us. And would you just continue to do that work of humility and surrender upon you. We pray this all in your name. Amen. This has been Alive and Powerful with Pastor Scott Morrison. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Alive and Powerful is the radio ministry of Foothills Calvary, a fresh and growing fellowship in Lakewood, Colorado. We invite you to come and join us as we study the Word together, Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. We meet at 12344 West Alameda Parkway in Lakewood, just a few blocks west of Union and Alameda. For more information about Foothills Calvary, please visit our website at foothillscalvary.org. That's foothillscalvary.org.